Boom. Boom. Athletics High Performance Podcast. Providing you with the performance training, college scholarships, coaching education, and elite athletic development. Now, your host, your host, Seth Boomsma. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. As the intro said, I am Seth Boomsma, and we are back with a pod. Man, I can't believe it is already the end of the 21-22 school year. We are kind of coming to a close here on the sports season before we enter the summer. So why not do a state track and field meet preview? Today we sit down with Carter Barenfuss from Harrisburg High School. Carter is a, a longtime athlete of ours and, and a loyal, consistent athlete that has made outstanding progress both on the field weight room, track, you name it. Uh, This guy loves track and field, and uh, we're excited to sit down with him today and kind of chat a little bit of South Dakota track and field. I think we will touch on a little bit of what exactly are the sprint records in South Dakota. Um, This could be a podcast alone, but we uh, dive a little bit into that. We touch on the Class B, Class A, and Class AA boys and girls, and preview all of our athletes. I think this is a cool time of the year for a lot of the athletes that have worked so hard and I think the coolest thing about track and field is it brings in a lot of athletes from multi-sports into one location and I think that's probably the best thing that for me anyways being able to sit there at one spot and be able to see hundreds of athletes compete is very cool for what we do here at Boom Athletics. Well I won't waste you guys' time let's get into the podcast with Carter here I think you guys will love this one. All right, here we are today with Carter Barenfuss from Harrisburg High School. He's a recent graduate here this last weekend. We are here today to talk with Carter and kind of preview a little bit of the 2022 state track and field meet. Uh, this is the first time we've ever done something like this, so stay with us on the fly here. We're just kind of rolling with it, and we just kind of want to feature a lot of the athletes that train with us here at Boom Athletics. But first, I kind of want you guys to know who Carter is and what he's about. Carter is a multi-sport athlete and has done a lot of good things for not only Harrisburg High School, but also for us here at Boom Athletics and has trained with quite a few of our premier athletes as well. So Carter, why don't you kind of give our audience a little bit of a background of who you are? Yeah, so um, I'm Carter Barenfuss. I uh, attend Harrisburg High School. I just graduated uh, Sunday. Um, I've been a three-sport athlete all throughout high school. You know, I've trained with Jacob. I trained with Cade and all those those special premier guys. Um, Sadly, I got hurt junior year. Sophomore year was COVID, so I didn't, we couldn't do anything there. But, you know, I got, tore my hamstring junior year, you know, couldn't, couldn't play baseball, couldn't run track. You know, it was, you know, it was tough for me, but, uh, you know, it kind of diminished the recruiting process for me as well. So I feel like my name isn't out there as much as it should be, but, uh, you know, played football, um, went 12-0 and on the season, you know, shut out state championship, won the state championship. Um, really good team, you know, best group of guys I've ever played with, um, yeah, I've, I mean, I, I ran track freshman year, ran track junior year, um, only ran one meet junior year due to an injury that occurred uh, about a week after the meet. Um, so yeah, I've kind of been limited on um, my sports um, attendance throughout these past two years, but you know, I feel like I've been one of, a, one of the better athletes in this state, and uh, just kind of here to talk about some state track now. Yeah. So I, I can speak on behalf for Carter here. 
he is a premier athlete. I think he's proven that on the football field throughout his career. And I, I can almost guarantee you that he would be up there with some of the top sprinters in the state if he was on the track. I've seen the numbers. I've seen him train. I've seen in everything that indicates what he can do and potentially could do down the road. So, Carter, what, what does your future hold? What, did, what does college look like for you? Yeah, so I will be attending SGSU for exercise science. Um, as of now, not playing any sports, um, obviously because of the you know, injuries these past couple years. But, uh, you know, who knows? I might get an opportunity to play, you know, track, maybe play baseball, football. Who knows, you know? Um, but, yeah, as of now, it's SGSU for exercise science. You know, maybe I'll end up working with you. I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, and we had uh, – South Dakota State's Exercise Science Club actually down here checking out our facility mm-hmm. here about three, four weeks ago. So that was pretty cool. So we might see Carter rolling through here. And we have a few interns rolling right now. So who knows? You guys may see Carter back in the gym here in a couple yeah. of years as well. I'm so. all for it. But uh, I think Carter brings up a pretty uh, interesting point. You know, injuries are a part of athletics. And I think as we dive into a lot of these previews for, you know, the Class B, A, and AA state meets, Injuries are a part of this sport, so we've had athletes come back from injury and are performing really well, but we also have some athletes that are missing the state meet this year because of injury from from other sports or, or whatnot. So I think that's also important to touch on is that not every athlete is always healthy all the time, and I think that's the unfortunate thing about athletics, but it, it is what you sign up for, so you, know, you, you take what you can get. Yeah. So I think we want to dive into... Some state meet previews here. Um, before we dive into a state meet preview, I want to talk. Carter and I are both historians of the sport, especially me being around track and field since for as long as I can remember, half my life at least. And uh, I think we are misinformed within the South Dakota track and field realm of what exactly are our South Dakota State sprint records. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty easy to distinguish the distance records or the jump records, you know. A lot more variety in there. <clears throat> I think when you look at 100 and 200 meter sprints or even the short hurdles, you get a lot of wind dated stuff. Oh, yeah. You get a lot of hand time stuff. And we all know if you guys are close to athletics, the difference between hand time and an electronic or as South Dakota coins it, fully automatic timing, the difference is huge. And <clears throat> I want to touch on a young athlete. Jaden Guthmiller from Spearfish High School. He's a junior this year. He ran 10.45 at Howard Wood Dakota Relays. Um, That is the new all-time state record. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there right now so people understand Mm -hmm. how fast that was. Regardless of the wind, regardless of the conditions, no matter how much was pushing him to that time, that's the fastest time we've ever seen in the state of South Dakota. So the fastest we've ever seen, legit time, legit track, he did it. And we had a guy last year do it with Matthew Stahl. He ran 1049 out at State and Rapid um, to break this all-time state record. And mm-hmm. now Jaden comes back and runs 1045. But I think we've kind of been misinformed. And I'm not going to call out anybody here. But we were announcing that this was the third fastest all-time. But where are we getting these times exactly? And I think a lot of times when we look at these records, we need to distinguish what is an actual legit electronic auto time versus a hand time. And I think Carter can kind of speak to that as well. I raced uh, an athlete, um, Taylor Olson, who was a year older than me, who was a 2010 grad, who had a lot of the Harrisburg School records before Mm -hmm. some of those other guys started coming along here in recent years. And he had a hand time of 1045. 
as well. But the difference between 1045 hand time and 1045 auto is pretty huge because Taylor's best auto time was 1088. Yeah. So Carter, what's kind of been your experience with a lot of these different times? Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't never really thought that anything would top last year's state final heat. You know, I mean, we had three guys that absolutely obliterated the state the state records. You know, you had Matthew Stahl, you had Fisher and Evan Anderson. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was that was the fastest finals that I've ever, you know, heard of or seen, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought that would be topped in any way, you know. Um, obviously, you know, wind, you know, helps a little bit, but you know, if it's, if it's, if it's, we don't count wind aided, we don't count wind aided, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, but yeah, I, I actually watched Jaden and Tim go at it in that heat at Howardwood. Um, and it was, it was very impressive. You know, I think I wouldn't say, you know, oh, you only won it because of the wind, you know, no, like this was, this was very, very fast, you know, and even without that wind, he would have, he would have, he would have zoomed no matter what, but I, I feel like. The difference between you know hand timed and FAT is is insane. You know, like that that mm-hmm. can determine two tenths, three tenths of a second. You know, and even the I wouldn't even count the conversions because I even think the conversions are still even off. Absolutely, but, absolutely. But yeah, I would definitely you know <laughs> even when I would run, I would you know if I if I saw that it was hand timed, I'd be like, oh dude, like should I even run in this? Like, mm-hmm. is, does this even matter? You know, but you know, I guess if it helps, it helps. But but yeah, I do I do really I do think that Jaden really earned his spot on that top five and I think with nowadays all of the hand times that have been run in the past need to be kind of thrown away we need to develop more of a system where we have a hand time list and a actual legit electronic timing list Mm -hmm. because I can just speak on my experience I was a 2011 grad from Tri-Valley High School and I went to a meet in Cheshire and nice day hand time meet and at the time the state record was 10-4 handheld or 10-64 auto yeah well i go there and i wasn't planning to run the 100 and my coach comes up to me he's like hey let's go after the state record today let's get something here um he comes out i run really fast time on video and everything i was 10-2 10-3 hand time well guess what happens with the first place timer she doesn't get my time because she claimed that she felt like I hopped in the race because I was so far ahead. So what does that tell you for all you hand time people? She wasn't watching the start. She wasn't watching the race. If she watches the start and watches the smoke from the gun and watches from lane four start to finish, she would see me in that race. She would have the time and I would have a hand time Mm -hmm. state record. So if that happened to me and, and I'm just one person and that happened to me personally, and I've known other athletes where it's happened to as well. How, how often is this happening around the state? Oh, yeah. And when we look at a lot of these state records, when we look at the girls' top 10 100-meter list, that is absolute insanity. At least with the guys, now we can start distinguishing what a legit hand time and electronic time is. Girls, we have Aaron Kinney, who runs 1185, who's technically the all-time state record, but they have her listed at number eight. That doesn't make any sense to me. No. And I know Carter knows Aaron really well as, as well. Mm-hmm. But she had no idea that she was a state record holder because nobody else did. Yeah. And and I'm sitting in the stands watching the race. I'm like, no, that's a new state record. That's a new state record. But we don't know about it. And that's what I mean by the misinformation of South Dakota track and field. We need to develop a system where we have hand time versus electronic time. Because this is getting to a point where 
we had two athletes run at uh, a Garrison meet and they ran at the opposite way to run with the wind. Well, I get a text from one of these athletes saying that she just ran 11.6 hand time. I'm like, okay, it's hand time, so maybe, but still that's really, really fast, mm -hmm. okay? Next thing you know, they end up realizing that she started, they started the races at the wrong line. So they're running about 96, 97 meters. Think of how often that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and we have several examples of just our athletes in Southeastern South Dakota. Imagine what's happening throughout the whole state mm -hmm. of South Dakota. That it's, it's gotten to a point where we need to change our system. And I look at the boys 200 record. I, I remember when I was going after that in high school and I remember coaching athletes now that are going after that. Does anybody know what the 200 meter state record holder is? I don't. <laughs> Chet Bruce, 1926 at 21-1 hand time. That's why I don't. Nothing against Chet Bruce, but do you guys really think 21-1 hand time is, is a legit time? I, I don't. Like, Jacob Hyde ran 21-51 here in the 2019 state meet electronic. That's the state record. But nobody has any idea because mm -hmm. we were filled with these hand time era, yeah. and and probably back then it was probably a two twenty yard dash. So back then it was the one hundred yard dash, two twenty and four forty. Yep. So we're we're drastically misinformed here in South Dakota, which is a sad thing. And I I feel like this could be a podcast entirely on its own, and we can oh, talk 100%. about the differences because yeah. then you get into forty yard times, and we get you know football prospects claiming four fours mm -hmm. when really they're four eight guys yeah. or, or different things like that. But you know we'll save that for another day. I just want to people to know that when we preview these state meets, like these athletes are at the top of their game. These are some of the best in the history of the sport, mm -hmm. and I think that should be noteworthy because guys like Jaden Guthmiller, Julian Watson. Um, Alea Hardy, a lot of these athletes are state record holders and we need to acknowledge that yeah. and treat them like state record holders and, and get the fans excited to see some of these fast mm -hmm. times and distances that are being dropped. Yeah. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, sorry for the rant, <laughs> uh, but let's get into some state meet previews. I think this is a really fun state meet. We've got a lot of athletes returning from last year. Last year, for those unfamiliar, there was a three-class system. They were all split. We had the Class Bs in Rapid City at School of Mines. We had the A's in Spearfish at Black Hill State. And then we had the double A's in Sturgis. So this year, it's actually a three-day state meet. Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday. Everybody at one spot this year at Howard Wood, I think it's going to be electric. I think people are finally going to be able to see all the athletes that they want to see. Me personally, I won't have to be bouncing around from oh, one yeah. city to another. Yeah. Um, I can actually sit in one spot and pay attention to the athletes. Um, so let's dive into a little bit of a Class B girls preview. We'll start with the smaller classes here. Um, I think diving into Class B girls, we have to acknowledge a lot of athletes here. And like I said, in the intro of the podcast, we're just going to talk about the athletes that train here. Um, that's what we're going to talk about. That's who we know. And that's what we want to acknowledge and their hard work in the off season. So diving into class B girls, I think it's, uh, we should always talk about Coleman Egan. Um, they're the defending state champs. They tied the state team point record last year at the state meet. They bring another really, really strong squad. And we've got a lot of those girls. Um, they're really led by 
Daniela Lee and Reese Luzzi. Um, Daniela Lee is ranked in the top two in her events at 100 and 200 meters. Um, she was runner-up last year in the 100, and she's looking to add that 200 to her resume as well. She's also going to run on their sprint relays. They were champs last year. I think that's uh, something that she's really looking forward to. I'm assuming, and as we talk about these entries, not all the entries are in. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon, one week before the state meet. Not all entries are in, so we don't know who's exactly running what. We yeah. have a general idea. Um, we don't know what the exact top 24 entries are, but we know Danielle is probably going to go 100, 200, 4x1 and 4x2, and that's that's an athlete that is trained with some of our some of our very best athletes. She's legit. She's trained with Alexis Even from Parker High School. She's trained with the Merkley sisters, Soraya Espino. Like she's trained with a lot of these top girls. Um, she knows what it takes, and I think uh, she's ready to take her crack at her first individual state titles mm -hmm. this year. So, next one we want to dive into is Reese Luzzi. Um She is returning, defending state. 800 meter champ um she's already cut off a ton of time this year she was in the special 800 at dakota relays uh placed her in that she ran 218 um she's a junior and looking to defend her state 800 meter title she's also going to go after a 400 meter individual state title this year and then she'll run two relays to back it up um she's definitely one of their leaders and and coming back strong and she's she's one of those grinders she uh she works for everything she has, and um, she's cut a lot of time off her 800 this year, a lot of time off her four. Just recently went 59-1 here at her region meet in the 400. I think she's looking forward to dipping down even lower and, and sealing some individual individual titles as well. Um, Carter doesn't know a whole lot of these Class B athletes, so I'm kind of talking here. Yeah. He's, he's like, okay, I've, I've seen a couple of these athletes on Instagram yeah. or, or whatnot, but another athlete too is on the sprint side is Melanie Colmas from Howard. She's a freshman. She's an up and comer. She's she's got something special. Uh, she is. She, I'm assuming she's going to go 100, 200, 400, and probably a relay. Um, she's ranked number one in the one. She's number two in the two, and then ranked to top three in the four. Um, she is uh, up and coming sprinter. Just has to learn a little bit of few tweaks here and there with her technical aspects, but she is. Ready to rock in her uh, freshman state meet last year as an eighth grader. She was uh, runner up in the two hundred, I believe, by one of our behind one of our athletes um, as an eighth grader. So she is coming back looking for some revenge and trying to get get on the top of the podium this year. Um, let's see other athletes that we have in Class B girls. Piper Hansen from Burke High School. She's the top ranked hurdler in the hundred hurdles as well as a top five hurdler in the 300 hurdles. Um, 15.9 this year in the in the 100 hurdles. That's a legit electronic time. She is running super well. She was runner-up last year behind Mackenzie Hemmer from Coleman Egan. She has been training super-duper hard to kind of close that gap, and she's ready to take a crack at her first individual state title as well. I'm assuming she's going to go both hurdles, She'll probably come back in long jump. I believe she's top eight ranked there. And then she'll probably come back with either a relay or a 200 um, there as well. Um, some other Class B athletes. Madela Hansen from Del Rapids St. Mary's. 
when we talk about injuries, she's battled a couple this year. Um, I am not entirely sure what she's going to run. And she's defending state champ as an eighth grader last year in the mile and two mile. She hasn't run a two mile this year though. So we will see what uh, she runs at the state meet. I'm assuming she'll probably go mile, probably an 800 and probably a couple relays within there, but she won't be able to defend her two mile state title uh, this year, but another electrifying athlete as well. Um, throughout the rest of the events, we have uh, relays. We'll have Elena and Abby Rohde from Coleman Egan. Um, they'll be contributing pretty heavily in those relays. Um, looking to add some state championships. Reese Luzzi's little sister, Presley Luzzi, will also be contributing on those relays that will be competing for a couple state championships here. Um, several athletes competing in those Class B girls, and I think a lot of athletes are really, really excited to kind of get the, on the track. I know Coleman's really looking forward to defending that state team title. So uh, quick mention as well when we talk about injuries. Unfortunately, Josie Mosel won't be competing at this year's state meet. She tore her ACL in January on the basketball floor. So she is out. She's defending state champ in high jump and was also anchor leg on those sprint relays as well. But she'll be back next year for her senior season. Class B boys, we have Lucas Flemmer going in, in the 100, 200, and 400 is what I would assume. He is top eight in all three events. He's just a sophomore from Del Rapids St. Mary's. And I think uh, he's another one of those up and coming sprinters that is, is ready to make a name for himself. Then we'll transfer over to class A girls. And now we're starting to get a little bit into Carter's territory oh, yeah. here. For, we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. So class A girls, I think we got to talk about um, one of our scholarship winners, I think always pops into our minds first is Alexis even from Parker High School. She's ranked number one in the 100 and 200. Um, she's defending state champ in the 100. She's also ranked number one in both sprint relays, the 4x1 and 4x2. They're, in my opinion, when I, look, when I look at numbers, accolades, accomplishments, longevity, I think Lexi has the opportunity to be the best Class A girl sprinter in state history, depending on how this week goes. And... She is ready. She's been working insanely hard. She's a Mount Marty signee, and I think uh, she is ready to roll. She's been running 12, low 12s all season, dipping in the 25s for the 200. She dabbled in the four a little bit, but we're probably looking at two short sprints and two relays and, and looking to claim a couple more state titles here as well. She was also anchor leg on that electrifying 4x2 last year where she had led Parker to a come-from-behind win, which is near and dear to my heart as well. <laughs> um, when we look at the rest of the Class A landscape here, we have a couple T-girls competing. Um, you know, Katie Vasika in the jump, she's a, a SSU basketball uh, commit already as a sophomore. She'll be competing in the jumps. We've got uh, several other girls on the T side. Maya Newhart is an up-and-coming freshman. She'll run the one and two um, she's went 13.01 and 27 low this year. She's, she'll be good in a couple of years and she's looking for her state first state meet experience here this year. Um, insanely hard worker. Uh, we're also looking at several other athletes on those T relays that will compete very, very well. Um, we're also going to touch on one of the hurdlers and one of my favorite athletes actually is 
Lauren McDermott from Elk Point Jefferson. She's an eighth grader uh, for EPJ, and she is ranked top five in both the 100 and 300 hurdles as just an eighth grader. I think if you guys saw her progression from day one to now, you guys would be thoroughly impressed. This girl is the most committed junior high girl I've ever worked with. She is locked in. She has the attention to detail. We're very excited to see her at her state meet. She'll also run on a couple relays with a point that, are, that is also ranked top eight as well. But she she's an outstanding hurdler, and we're looking forward to seeing what she can do um, this weekend as well. She was just off that podium here at Howard Wood with all classes as, as the eighth grader. So um, she's looking forward to her state meet. Fallon Lundstrom from Canton High School. She's one of the top-ranked 100 hurdlers this year. Uh, she's worked really hard this offseason. She's a junior. She is currently ranked top five in both events and looking forward to what the state meet brings. She just ran a really good region meet, beat the top-ranked girl in Class A in the 100 hurdles, as well as one of our girls, Laura McDermott, as we just mentioned. Um, so she's running really well at the right time, and I think she's looking forward to her state meet as well. She was runner-up last year in the 100 hurdles behind our very own Avery Schmeichel, who is the MVP as well. Um, when we look at kind of that Class A girls team landscape, you know, I think we, we should always mention, you know, we have a few West Central girls as well that will contribute throughout the, the 100, 200, and, and they have really, really good sprint relays. They are defending state team champions They'll be up there. We're looking at Parker High School with, with Lexi and a, quite a few other competitors um, in there. We have a few other girls uh, that compete for Parker that train here as well. And then <clears throat> Dakota Valley should also be really good as well. When we talk about injuries, here we are again. A comeback story. Sophia Atchison, who was actually just in here for a workout. She is the top-ranked pole vaulter regardless of class. 11 feet 6. She's a University of Arizona signee. Um, so she was nine months post ACL surgery now. Tore her ACL last summer in volleyball. She started with me about five, six months post-op. Could barely run. A lot, a lot of things going on. We figured her out, figured out what to do. She opens up 11-6 and signs with U of A. And, and now she's one of the top-ranked pole vaulters here in the state. And I know she's really looking forward to her state meet. She was a top five finisher last year and she's looking forward to seeing what she can do this year and and she's having a very very good season what it's a cool story there to see her bounce back from that acl injury last summer um when we look at class a boys um a few athletes competing here i want to mention blake boyster he trained with us a little bit lower last summer i think he's probably the most noteworthy name and also a, a huge credit to Scott Benson, what he's doing out there with, with Blake at Benson Sports Training. Um, Blake won the special 200 meter here at Howard Wood and, and also won the 400 as well. He's a top-ranked sprinter in Class A over one, two, and four. And he's the defending state champ in the 400 as a sophomore last year. He's entering his junior season this year, and I think he's ready for, for another breakout state meet. So um, another athlete that we're kind of looking forward to seeing is is a young gun sophomore Leighton Johnson from West Central. He's already ran 11-2, low 23s. I think he's kind of on the come up. I think he's, he needs about another year of training, and I think he'll be ready to compete with some of the best in the state as well. So um, several athletes, and I want to apologize if we miss athletes. I mean, we're so full with athletes, and whether you train with myself, 
Caden, Riley, Karst, whoever you've trained with, we apologize if we're, if we're missing out on giving you a shout out here, but so many athletes were, were featuring the ones that we think can win some state championships and uh, pretty cool. And now we're kind of getting into Carter's territory oh, yeah. here. Yep. So class A girl or a class double A girl, excuse me, Carter, who are you most looking forward to seeing compete from us? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Merkley sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, ever since, you know, last year when I've been stuck kind of watching on the sideline, I've been watching, you know, those two kind of go at it along with, you know, Megan Walker. Um, it's just, it's just, it's always been an exciting race. It doesn't matter, 100, 200, they've always been kind of, kind of going at it. And Lauren has been, you know, kind of inching away from Ellen mm-hmm. recently. I, I, I have kind of noticed that. But, you know, it's kind of been, I wouldn't necessarily say it's been one-sided quite yet, but... I definitely, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good race between the Merkley twins and Megan Walker through the 100 and 200, and I'll definitely be there to watch how that goes with that sister feud, so. Yeah, yeah, and I think everyone kind of knows the those three athletes, and, and obviously Lauren and Alan Merkley train with us and uh, are huge, huge Boom Athletic supporters, so. We're huge fans of them, and, and I think what's really cool about their relationship is they're like best friends, too. So, I mean, there's there's obviously a little bit of sister rivalry there from the outside looking in, but those two support each other like you wouldn't believe. And they train together nonstop during the off season and to get ready for the season. When we look at, you know, that 100-meter dash, you know, Ellen is the defending state champ, um, and Lauren is looking to co- go out her senior mm-hmm. year with a win. So I think it's... It's really intriguing. I'm sure it's exciting for that entire family. Um, Ellen was 11.88 last year, 24.54 in the 200. She's defending state champion in the 1-2 long jump, and then she anchored that state record 4 by one as well. Um, this year, though, Lauren is actually number one heading into state at 12.19. Yep. So this is going to be an exciting race. I think this may be the race of the meet, just in terms of, the amount of athletes that we know in the race, but then also how close it's oh, yeah. going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I know those girls are, are so looking forward to it. Um, also, you know, in the hundred, we have Soraya Espino from Sioux Falls for Roosevelt. She's at 1234, just recently ran season best time. She's coming around right at the right time, peaking at the right time. Um, she's an NDSU signee for track and field. Uh, she's looking at a couple state titles, I think as well. You know, she was state soccer champion and I know she doesn't want to just, float off into the sunset, you yeah. know, without another state championship. Yep. So I think she's looking forward to it. We also have Olivia DeLay, who's an eighth grader at Harrisburg. She's at 12.51 this year. She's ranked eighth in the state, heading into the state meet. Um, she is very, very talented, trained mm-hmm. with us throughout the off season. We're also looking at Landry Wilson from Brookings High School. She was eighth last year at the state meet in the one and two. Much more of a volleyball basketball player, but can step on the track and, and run with the very best of them. Uh, ten foot high touch as well in the vertex. I just had to throw that in there because ten foot is so oh, rare yeah. for girls. But um, when we look at the rest of the the field here, Amari Ward from Brookings. She's another eighth grader. <clears throat> she ran twelve ninety eight last year. You know her and Olivia. When we look at that eighth grade class, and then we have Lauren and the hurdles down mm-hmm. at El Point Jefferson. There are some talented oh, yeah. eighth graders here. Yeah in the state of South Dakota. And I think that's, that's really cool to see. And, um, you know, that's, that's the hundred. And then we go to the 200. We're going to have similar athletes in that, Mm -hmm. in that 200 as well. Um, 
You know, uh, uh, Soraya just went 25.54 here recently. Um, again, peaking at the right time. Yep. Lauren's at 25.61. Ellen has run 25.84 and has actually ran faster indoors this year. Um, I think it's really exciting to see what she can do. Um, and, and just the athletes that we mentioned, Olivia DeLay here again, 26.79. Um, several athletes. Carter, what... Do you feel when the athletes are so close, you know, as you, as we get from class B, the discrepancy between like the elite and the sub elite oh, yeah. is quite drastic. Mm-hmm. As we get higher in the classes, we start to see a lot closer races. Yeah. What do you feel when, when an athlete approaches the race, what do you feel like they need to focus on the most? <clears throat> yeah. For me, it's always kind of been like, um, focus to not really focus. You know, I've, I've always been kind of a guy to, and this is just me, you know, I've always realized that this has helped is just, you know, just not really care, you know, just not, don't overstress, you know, overhype, you know, that's what, that's what makes people tense up. That's what makes people, you know, think that you need to win when, you know, nobody's really expecting anything, you know, it's just, they're just there to watch a good race. You know, I feel like, I feel like almost all of it is mental because like these girls know what they can do, you know, they, they know what they're capable of, but I think the part that's mostly missed is the mental part and mm-hmm. mentally preparing for the race, you know visualizing how you think the race is going to go. And I feel like whoever does that better is going to come out on top because I feel like that mental part and that, you know, kind of overhyping yourself, you know, overthinking all that stuff is just, I think that what determines, you know, if you win or lose a race to me. Mm -hmm. So, so definitely the mental part of it for sure. Yeah. And that's something that we always talk about here when within training and, and something that I've always said in the track and field world is when you get into a race where, essentially everyone is kind of the same speed. It's not the speed that matters. It's the execution of that speed. How well you can race model is ultimately what's going to be the difference between Mm -hmm. a first and a second place and a podium finish or a non-podium finish. And in in my opinion, and I think, I think a lot of these girls are experienced, you know, these girls have been doing it for a long, long Mm -hmm. time against each other. They basically race every meet. A lot of them train together as well. So I think I think it's fun. I think it's a cool environment, and I think we are seeing a lot of these really really talented girls for the last time here at state meet. So I think we should really take it all in, oh, yeah. whether whether it's uh, seniors like Lauren or, or Soraya or in the class A Lexi, um, who I think is arguably one of the greatest class A sprinters ever. I think we're seeing a, a, a wave here graduate, and I think we need to appreciate how good mm-hmm. and how much of a treat these girls have been to watch. I oh, think yeah. a lot of people forget what Ellen did last year with 1188-2454 as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, those are number two all time in in the 100 and, and number four in the two. So we're also looking at the long jump, and Ellen and Lauren take the top two spots in there as well. Yep. Ellen's at 18.8 and a quarter, and Lauren's at 18.5 and three quarters. They're the only two jumpers here in the state that are above 18 feet. And, you know, they can leap too. So, oh, yeah. you know, they're super fun to watch. You know, their older brother used to be all-time state record holder before Sam Rolfs came mm-hmm. along this year and jumped 24 feet to break Hunter's all-time state record. But I know those girls are looking forward to the long jump as well and, and – probably teaming up here on a relay. I don't know what exact relay. I would assume probably the 4x1 yeah. since they're defending state champs and state record holders. Mm-hmm. I would assume they would want to go out with another state championship together, but we shall see, and I think uh, that is very intriguing. In terms of the, the team title for the girls, who who's your favorite? 
you know, I mean, it's always kind of been, you know, Lincoln's always been kind of up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Valley is, you know, pretty, it's just pretty much it's always been those two for the girls. You know, they've always been really good. They've always had really good sprinters. They've always had really good, you know, mid-distance and long-distance. And they, the girls just get, they kind of run those relays, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say carry the team, but they do, they do, you know, bring in lots of points through those um, relays and mid-distance. <coughs> and, you know... As of now, I think I have. I think I have Lincoln. You know, you taking that. Yep, I think I have Lincoln over over overruling the sprints and taking a little bit of mid distance, but just getting them past Brandon Valley to yep. take that top spot. So. Yeah, and and also Gorman's in there too with mm-hmm. those terrific distance runners that they have. Um, they were tied last year with Brandon Valley for the state team title. Lincoln was a third place here behind those two teams. That three t- team race is going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. I think I think uh, the team race element is always kind of cool to add to track and field to kind of remove the individualization and mm-hmm. kind of plug the team aspect in there. I think it's cool to see how coaches can manipulate variables and see what athlete goes where to help them produce the most yep. points possible. All right, we'll go to the double A boys. Um, I think we always got to start with with our guy Julian Watson. All-time state record holder in the 400. He was 47-46 this year. This guy has put in a ton of work to get to where he is. He went from 50.04 all the way down to 47-46 this year in the 400. Um, Absolutely insane stuff. His 200s down to 21.70 this year. His 100s at 10.88. He's looking to go. I'm assuming he's going to go all three sprints. Again, I'm not going to reveal any inside information or, or nor do I know any inside information, but I think he is very much looking forward to the state meet. Uh, started off the season absolutely blazing and had a little couple hiccups here in the mid mid season, but he's, he's running well now at the right time. And I think that's all that matters when we look at what championships bring here at the end of May. So uh, what has been the thing that has impressed you most with Julian? (sighs) I would say, um, you know, Definitely him. He's destroyed some records that I've never thought would be destroyed. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, Paul Paul went to Harrisburg, graduate, running at Mount Marty right now. He's one of the top mid-distance runners, you know, in, in the Midwest, in the nation. And he is, he's he's damn good, you know. And Julian is just crushing all of his records that he set at SDSU, Metro mm-hmm. Meet. You know, he's just, he's running through them all. And, you know, I, I witnessed him at SDSU early in the season break a uh, 300-meter record which was Paul Paul's and it was, mm-hmm. I was like, it's like, wow. I'm like, you know, this, you know, this is going to be a very interesting season to watch him, you know? And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's him. He, I wouldn't say he's a certain kind of runner. I wouldn't say he's a mid distance runner. I wouldn't say he's a sprinter. I think he's, he sees all of it. You know, he can, he can kind of do it all. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see what times he's going to, you know, keep in store for us in the state yep. meet. So, yeah. And, and this is an athlete too, that is still on signed. He's a senior. He's, he's been really patient because I think he's known what he can do on the track mm-hmm. for a while and keeping his options nice and open. What I really want to see is I want to see what they do with not only Julian, but that entire Brandon Valley squad. Cause yeah. I think those Brandon Valley boys are probably the favorites here to win the team title, how they manipulate variables here again to, help them succeed that with that goal will be key. Julian and London Watson, their brothers, mm-hmm. similar to the Merkley sisters, um, they kind of want to win a couple state titles together, and I know yep. that would be a cool experience for that family. 
what I want to see is I want to see this four by four go after something. Mm. So they ran really fast here recently, um, over four by four with with a several of that squad. They went three twenty point oh five, which is a top ten all time mark that mm. broke their school record. I think these guys could go after the state record. Oh, yeah. Will they stack this relay at state, and will they have enough juice at the end of the state meet on a Saturday afternoon to go after it? I'm not sure. Yeah. But they have the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. And we trained their top six, 400 guys here this offseason. I think we're probably looking at, you know, Julian, London Watson, Julian's little brother, he's a sophomore, Joey Anders, who will step up and run the 800 this weekend and several relays. Um, Jeremiah Donahue, uh, we're looking at probably Sabrin Bortram, uh, Joey DeWitt. Um, there's several athletes that we have trained this offseason. I know like that was kind of one of their big goals this offseason was to go after that state 4 by 4 record. Yep. So we're really hoping they can go after it. I think I think they definitely could threaten something here nice. 318 mm-hmm. is the state record, and I think if they have and know that this is to win like a team title and oh, yeah. to go after a state record, I think they could potentially mm-hmm. drop something here really, really nice. Um, I want to echo off that and just talk about Jeremiah Donahoe, who has had an outstanding season here um, in the hurdles. He's ranked number three going into the state meet at 15.19. His 300 hurdles are top in the state at 38.95. He clears the field by well over a second. He's another athlete, too, that's put a ton of work this offseason. I think he's looking forward to hopefully claiming his first individual titles here this weekend as well. Back to the short sprints, uh, we have a guy that I know Carter knows pretty well as well, Ben Stratman, mm-hmm. who is ranked very high up there in the one, two, and four. What do you expect from Ben here at the state meet? Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of everywhere right now. You know, he he does well in one race, he does well in the other. You know, I don't know. I won't, you know, I won't I won't say too much, but um, I'm expecting him to run really well. You know, I feel like I feel like his start and his top speed is there, and once he once he sees himself kind of. Kind of sticking with these guys, I think it gives them confidence, kind of mid race to kind of you know stick with them through the field, and uh, I think him, you know, sadly he's got to compete with Julian in the four hundred, but you know I feel like that would be another good race between him and Julian. You know, I mean he's always kind of had not necessarily a hate, but a you know a feud. You know that kind of drive that you know mm-hmm. fuels him through the four hundred race. Um, that'll that'll be a good race, and uh, him in the two hundred. You know he uh, him and Tim also competed in the special two in the Howard Wood. Um, I feel like on certain days they can do pretty well, but, um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like he has a lot of potential going into the state meet mm-hmm. to run really well through, throughout those three fields that he's competing in. Yeah, so. absolutely. Other athletes that we have competing in those short sprints, uh, Chris Stanford from Sioux Falls Lincoln. We'll see how he performs. Um, Coming off a little bit of a mid-season injury and, and bouncing back from that, he came out blazing fast, 7.05 in the 60 at Dan Lennon and came out opener, 11.02 in the 100. For Sioux Falls Lincoln, he's a junior. We've got Nick Olson, who's also a junior from Sioux Falls, Washington. And he's up there at 11.13 and, and 22.86. Bennett Dannenbrand, we're getting into some football guys here. Mm-hmm. Bennett Dannenbrand, junior from O'Gorman, he, he's right there in the 100 and 200. He went 11.1 and low 23s here. Um, Bennett is definitely more of a football prospect, but this is his first year on the track, and he's yeah. he's been tearing it up for for a big football mm-hmm. guy. 
Another guy, Griffin Wildey, um, another highly recruited football athlete. This is his first year of high school track. He ran junior high track and was was a stud there and back on the high school ranks. I think we're looking forward to seeing what Griff can oh, do. Yeah. I would assume he's probably going to go a little bit more relays this weekend and maybe try the Open 4. He's run a pretty good, good yeah. 400 this year. Um, are there any other athletes that you are really looking forward to compete? <sighs> I, really? I mean, I'm, I'm a sprint guy. So I'm always I'm always looking forward for the boys' 100. You know, that that field is it's really stacked. I'd say it's really stacked. Um, you got Guff Miller. You got Tim Bishop. You got Julian Watson. You have all those guys in the same finals heat and it I don't I'm just really really excited for that you know I mean I watched them all run at Howard Wood um Julian I think decided to opt out of the 100 during mm-hmm. Howard Wood but um you know excited to see him back at state um but yeah that's that's by far the the race that I am you know going to state for you know is to watch that that finals heat for mm-hmm. sure so I don't know you know that's Really, all I'm looking forward to because that's what I ran. But, but yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be a really exciting meet. Um, like I said before, we're just previewing a lot more of our athletes and uh, showcasing them a little bit more. Like I said, I apologize if we miss any athletes along the way. We have a large athlete list, oh, yeah. and I just want to make sure that we hit some of the ones that are here on a consistent basis and and have put in some absolutely insane work this off season. Um, I know I'll be out there watching the state meet. I think it's going to be exciting for, for a lot of athletes, a lot of parents, a lot of fans and families. And, uh, we're very much looking forward to it. I think when we look at a state meet, there's a lot of anxiety that occurs, a lot Mm -hmm. of nerves and stuff like that. Carter, what has been the best way for you to handle nerves? Cause we, we all know you're a 12 and 0 state champ. You know, how have you handled it in the past and what advice can you give to athletes? Yeah, I would for sure. What worked for me. Um, and as well as some of my teammates is just, you know, just not focusing on, you know, the, the hype up moments, the, the, the main aspect of the racing, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard not to, but you know, for football, what really worked for me was, you know, I would, I would literally have conversations with my friends about what we're doing after the game. You know, mm-hmm. it would just, it would help me get my mind off of it. It would help me not, you know, kind of tense up in the locker room. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't allow me to overthink and kind of visualize things that could go wrong and things that could go right. And it's always been for me, just, I, I overthink a lot and I just, I make these situations up that never even happen. And I just, I tense up and I just, I can't survive in the moment. So I think the best thing for me is getting some sugar in you and not thinking about anything, you know, just kind of going through your warm up. you know, don't, don't let anything kind of, you know, get you to overthink, just strictly just maybe even focus on what you're going to eat after the race, you know, just stuff that kind of gets your mind off of it because state meat is a very intense and, you know, amped up type of day through a couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, I think for me, the best thing to do is just not to even focus on it, just to kind of go in there nonchalant, you know, knowing what you're capable of doing and, you know, kind of letting it work out all for you. So, yeah, so absolutely. You know. And I think the three day state meet is going to be interesting for a lot of people. Yep. I think I know personally when it was just two day state meet and I had to run nine events in two days with prelims and semis for the hundred, it was one of those things where I'm like constantly on edge. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to see how people approach this three-day state meet. I'm curious to also see how fans like it, how families like it, and, and schools and stuff like that. 
I I'm a more of an advocate of a two-day state meet, mm-hmm. um, but I'm all willing to try new things. So I, I'm curious to see how this three-day state meet works out. But we wish all student athletes super well, especially our athletes that have trained yep. here at Boom Athletics. I know Carter and I will both be out there. Oh yeah. Um, we're excited to see several state champions, PRs, podium finishes, you name it. Um, Carter, we thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. You know, we know you're a graduate now oh, and yeah. not much to do, <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast and kind of preview the yeah, statement with us. Yeah, anytime. I'm, I'm always glad to be on here. You bet. Well, good luck to all the athletes and we wish you the very best.